This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What is Ed Sheeran, the footballer, like? Uh, He's also got into your head, Crouchy. There's going to be someone on the pitch on Fleetwood being like, I'm breaking Ed Sheeran's legs. <laughs> like, I didn't say, like, Patrick Bamford or <laughs> Cat Dealey. <laughs> the first Wembley I walked out, started strumming, and the microphone wasn't on. Do you ever give him a wave? Bit part. <laughs> Pie mash. You hear stuff from him there where he's just talking to a mate. It's entertainment, isn't it? Are you not entertained? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman and Dave with me as usual. But this episode is slightly different, lads. Explain the backstory to this. So you got invited to go see Ed Sheeran in Switzerland and mm. never wanting to miss an opportunity to one, pass the pod, uh, but also get us some valuable knowledge ahead of our massive Crouchfest gig. You took that as an opportunity. I did, yeah. A bit of advice from someone who plays bigger gigs. You know, our last Crouchfest was, for us, I thought the biggest gig we could achieve. This is slightly bigger. We're way out of our comfort zone. So I'm getting a lot of help from various people that I know that have got a lot more experience than us. And um, a good place to start was Ed Sheeran. Look, I looked into the stats, Crouch, and I think this is absolutely spot on. Wembley's big for us, but you're looking at Ed Sheeran, some of his statistics sold more than 150 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. And Spotify named him the second most streamed artist of the last decade. And, and also, it's so important for us to say that when we did the first Crouch Fest, it's one of my favourite podcasts that we've ever done. I listened back to it not that long ago. And it's just... it's. It's chaos, but a kind of wonderful chaos at the same time. And I am really confident that we can make this, because obviously we're doing the podcast from Wembley Arena. I'm really confident that we can make this Wembley podcast something special. And that's why you've gone to see Ed Sheeran. It is. You know, he is gave me lots of advice. I chatted to him about a range of topics, which was really interesting, actually. Like Some of it was, was quite deep and um, personal to him, which I appreciate. Well, I'm really excited to hear this because you and Ed are very good friends and I think I, I, I'm just intrigued to see what you get out of him. On Crouchfest Admin, shall we, what shall we say? What shall we say about what we've sorted? Because I know people that have bought tickets and people excited about the podcast that we're going to do from there want to kind of trust that we are doing stuff about this. We are. There's one name that I would love us to say, but I don't know if we should. Uh, well, no, I think, like I say, like people are coming on the premise that we're going to put something together. And rest assured, we are. But there's one confirmation of something very, very special that I'd love to say, but I feel like it's a, anything could happen and I feel like we should keep that mystique. All right. Okay, cool. All right, so for now, that's what we're doing. Are we? We're just being fucking teasers. <laughs> you're, not getting, you're not even getting a nipple. So, chaps, has something been going around my mind. Is one of the biggest debates in the world. And I think we need to settle it at Crouchfest. We need to find a definitive answer to this question. It's a big footballing one, the World Cup coming around the corner. Messi 
or an elder. Well, this is it. Isn't this what would be amazing to use crouches for? Because we'll have so many people in one room. It would be great to use those numbers of people to be able to settle this debate, potentially. You could, we could have a vote there and then and end, end all this. And then we can just enjoy them as players. We could just sit back and relax. Ronaldo just scored his 700th goal in club football. But it always seems to be a little bit tit for tat. Messi's coming in. You know, will Messi get to 750 ever before Ronaldo? There's all this small intricacies. And I think we do need the people to sort it out. Does it need to be one or the other, do you think? Do we, does history need to judge that one is better? Well, or can we not have Messi and Ronaldo and actually Haaland's better than both? <laughs> <laughs> Since the start of time, you know, we, it's Pele Maradona. Beckenbauer and Bobby Moore, um, Cruyff or De Stefano. You know, constantly over the course of time, there's players that come up. Um, who's better than who? For some reason, it's in our DNA to instead of celebrate them, we have to compare them, we have to contrast them, and someone has to fucking win it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a British thing, by the way? Do other countries do this with Messi and Ronaldo? Do they actually? Like, care? That's a really good point. And, and just go mean the this... same in another country. I sp- assume it doesn't, does it? Because it's meant to be. Greatest of all time. So I assume little goat emojis aren't flying around social media in... Argentina. In Argentina. Well, that's the thing. I think there's only one person in Argentina. I'm sure there's only one person in Portugal. Vanuatu. Vanuatu. (laughs) Are they comparing? Get in touch, people from Vanuatu. Yeah. Where do you stand? (sighs) One... Just go for a name. Messi. Really? I wonder if what we... Isn't it funny? Like, I could have said... Uh, there was two... It was two words there that I said, right? And whatever I said, he would have gone, ah, wow. really? Ooh. Like, I didn't say, like, Patrick Bamford or, you know... Yeah, Cat Dealey. <laughs> I didn't say anything bizarre. I just said one of the two names you gave me and you just went, uh. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to put a poll on that Peter Crouch podcast website which you can find at thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. Should we get on to Ed Sheeran? Mm. I'm with one of the biggest selling artists of all time, uh, Mr. Red Sheeran. Hello. Um, at your stadium gig in Zurich. I, I love this because you came as a guest and now we're doing the podcast. Oh, I've, I've been saying for ages we should do the podcast yeah. at, at the pub. Yeah, no. well, listen, you know, you're a busy man, I get that. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do? Come to your pub. I feel like this is more of a... This is a tester. This is lighting some scented candles and getting ready for the real event. I don't know if you know, but we've booked Wembley Arena. I heard. Um, That's going to be fun. For Crouchfest. But how does that work? Like, will you get heckled kind of thing and then you can talk back? Because it's a big place. Well, yeah, that happened last time. I don't know if you've ever played the O2 Indigo. That's where we had the last Crouchfest. But we've just scaled up a little bit. Um, obviously, I did. I was here last last night. He did forty thousand people. So obviously, a man with a bit of expertise in this field. We have no clue what we're doing. Um, have you got any advice for me? Uh, I mean, it'll work. All I know about when you know ten thousand people plus come into one space together, all you need to do is kind of be somewhat entertaining, which you guys are. So as long as it's a good show, which it will be, I think like just involve them. Mm. Just, I mean, you know that from doing the Indigo. We should be all right. What um, I was thinking, obviously, you're playing a gig again tonight. I'm thinking, like, pre-match nerves. Like, what do you have a set routine? And also afterwards, like, how do you sleep? I'm, I remember when I played, like, a Champions League game and, like, the buzz and the adrenaline was so high. Unfortunately, I'd have to have a few beers to go to sleep. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> I always thought that that was, like, an excuse for, like, alcoholics. Mm. Like, because all the musicians I knew were, like, mad alcoholics. And I always was, like... 
Oh, I guess it's just an excuse that, every, you know, they're just, mm. oh, you know, Drellin's so big that I have to have like 40 beers afterwards. But really, it's just hiding that yeah, yeah. they just want 40 beers. But then I, when I, I, I went sober for a little bit and would do a gig and then just be like wired until like two o'clock in the morning, I actually felt um, exactly what you said. So mm. I, if I finish a gig, I'll have like half a bottle to a bottle of wine just winding down, maybe like a steak or like a bit of chicken or something afterwards. It's interesting reading your books. Um, because it's exactly the same for me. There's a certain time you have to eat and don't eat anything mm. too funky. That's yeah. just plain. Because otherwise you eat and then you're jumping around on stage and you've got curry coming up in the back of your throat. And, you know, it's, it's, it's mad the similarities. There is, There's, there? you know, the fitness you have to have to be a footballer is like, if I play 10 minutes of football, I'm fucked. But mm. running around a stage and trying to be at all angles at all times... I found at the beginning of this tour, I really had to get into serious shape for it. I've never been an exerciser before. I've never like done weights. I've never gone on long runs. And training for this tour was pretty much like training for a marathon. I just want to touch on, obviously, like last night, you mentioned on stage that you closed your eyes. I think it was the A-team song. Yeah. And you closed your eyes and, you know, remember you were playing to like two, three people and then, you know, open them again. I've played that song to just the sound engineer before. Like, really? like no one's... I remember played in... in no, it wasn't Swindon, Exeter. And the train was more than the fee for the gig. So I was like... Because mm. the fee for the gig was, say, it was... 50 pounds the train was like 60 and i was like i should be able to sell some cds down here and like make my money back and i got i got there remember it was just like the barman who's in the other room and then the sound guy running and i was just outside you know my name was on the poster and i was sitting i was playing pokemon at the time on the, the, the game boy just sort of like waiting and my set time was eight and i went in no one was there and i said to the sound guy i was like can i wait a bit and he's like yeah yeah that's fine so i wait till 8 30 no one came. Nine, no. nine, 9.30, 10. And then he was like, come on, man, like, I've got to go. <laughs> so I played to just him. And then I missed, I missed the last train. No way. So I was just sat at the train station all night playing Pokemon, waiting for the first train to come in. Came in at like six and then went back to London. But I remember on that train back, I'm like, why? Like, why am I still try, trying this? It was like a really, like that happened a few times in succession of just you think you're getting the first spark of something and then that just happens and it reminds you that like it's not happening. And then, I don't know, there was just a switch in, I think it was, uh, I mean, my record company will hate me saying this, but I think they admit it too, but it was uh, illegal downloads like really helped my career. Really? because Yeah, because I, I basically gave up on trying to be signed by a record company and I just put out these EPs and I put them out on a... Uh, a, a site called TuneCore and it charged you like $20 and you'd put it up and it would put it on iTunes and, and all of these things. But then all the university students would, there'd be like one person goes to university, brings it and then they just burn it and just file share it to, to everyone. The plus, I think was, I think it might still hold the record, but my debut album was like the most illegally downloaded album <laughs> that really? year. And, uh, I, rem- I remember being super excited. My record company being like, this is the worst thing in the world. And I remember being super excited being like, oh, that means I get to like tour like big venues because like everyone has the album, which is ex- exactly what it meant. Um, but yeah, fi- like file sharing and illegal downloads really helped me. And so there was a momentum that was um, built from giving up trying to get signed and just putting out music that like snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and then like within the course of a year went from... Exeter, no one coming to like just university students and real like geezers as well. Like I know my mm. fan base is very um mm. swings very female now, but it was real like lads would come to these gigs. Mm. 
and then I got signed and then everything happened. So, um, yeah, it's things can change. I mean, I'm sure you have had that in the phase of when you were younger before getting signed to, a, you know, a youth club. Mm. Like, there's a lot of disappointment oh, and missed God. opportunities. The knockbacks and, are constant, yeah. you know, like the constant people telling you all the time that you're not good enough, you know. So it's, a, it's like to but have you're probably, that in a belief. But you probably weren't, and I probably wasn't. Yeah. But the thing is, if you have someone saying you're you're not good, rather than you're not good enough, you're not good, you start being like you know your the inner belief does yeah. do, does go down but there has to be some part of you that goes but i can get better i can get better mm. so if it's not you're not good enough you just keep working it keep working it keep working it but it's yeah it like i mean music and football uh two very i think i do think this is why we we really get on as well but they're two very similar um professions in the sense of if you go into any primary school mm. anywhere in the world and you say what do you want to be it's usually a footballer or a yeah. Something to do in music, music pop yeah. star, you know? Without doubt. So one of our listeners is a lad called Joel. And uh, I don't know if you know, Mike Dean retired recently. The referee, Mike Dean. Yeah. Um, I so, keep thinking there's an there's a, um, uh, engineer called Mike Dean as well. Yeah, yeah. You've got about 100 mics on this tour. There's Dave's, no, we've got Dave's, 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 yeah. Dave's, we've got, Dave's. Well, actually, we haven't got as many Dave's now. We had... We had Chalky, Dribble, and Normal Dave. But how many is called Normal Dave? Like, well, because the other two are called Chalky and Dribble. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got to play you this song that Joel wrote for our podcast. I don't know if you know, so Mike Dean's a bit of a, a legend on our pod. And um, he used to work in a chicken slaughterhouse. The, the factory kills about 160,000 chickens a day. <laughs> some, some chicken, it's unbelievable. But anyway, um, I just want your, uh, I want your thoughts on this, on this okay. song. This is Joel, one well, of our listeners. <laughs> I'll be very pleased that you're listening to this. What a story of a boy From the chicken slaughterhouse To the lights and the noise The FA Cup final And European game Oh, Mike never changed Ref them all the same The most card-friendly we've ever seen It's Mike Dean Mike Dean, Mike Dean The funniest ref we've ever seen great man i love it when a song like it can make you laugh but that also is not that for me is like a well-written song it's yeah. not like a joke joke song but i really thought he was gonna go wait where we go because you got an e rhyme there yeah mike dean mike dean the referee and then yeah. you have that bit so yeah, that would be if I was given a note, I would go, you know, put the Mike Dean the referee in, and then you have the the big singer. But it's fucking great. I love it. He's got a great voice as well. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, really cool. He sang that for us. Um, we did a we did a little. You got to get him up at Wembley then. We'll, we'll get him up definitely. So uh, but we'll, I remember we'll make the that first week I played I played Wembley for a girl guides gig like one of the it was like me Rizzle Kicks and I think Pixie Lot or something. It's like way back in the day. 
And I remember tweeting, I'm playing Wembley today. And someone tweeted back, went, yeah, arena not staying with dickhead. <laughs> we had that the other Times change. <laughs> Times change. <laughs> Wembley Stadium now, yeah? So this, this tour is going but you on. you played Wembley as I well. Have... How many times have you played Wembley? I bet you played Wembley more than I have. Um, do you know what? Because I played when it was getting built. So uh, we were at Old Trafford a lot. So I got there just under Fabio Capello. The last game I ever played at Wembley was England-France and I scored. I've never, never been back since. Got, I mean, but that's a good, that's a good out. Yeah. Scoring at Wembley. It's going to yeah. be amazing. What's, what's the best gig you've done? I mean, like, this what? tour, I mean, pro- probably, I mean, the best moment on tour was bringing, St- me and Stormzy have had two number one singles and until this year had never performed them live because we released them just before mm. a pandemic. His tour got cancelled and, and blah, blah, blah. And bringing him out, I went, I, he brought me out at his gig at the O2 in March or April. Mm. And that was the first time we played Take Me Back to London and Own It. But mm. playing Take Me Back to London with him at Wembley Stadium, it was like the last night of our run of five gigs there. And like, I've never felt a crowd like that before. Mm. It was just like, just the most electric. Like he walked off stage and was like, that's the best thing that's ever. Yeah. Like both of us were like, that's our best crowd moment of all time. I mean, it was insane, insane. But we have like, it's kind of like a, a crossover fan base. And also like those songs are like, Take Me Back to London was on my project, Own It was on his project. So doing them like one after the other with 92,000 people there for the same... It was like really... Mm, special. Special. And because the stage is in the centre, the, the the energy is completely different. It's not... You don't just get energy this way. It's like all around. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really cool. How, how do you find that balance of going big in the evening, coming off stage... 50,000 screaming fans. And having to catch up with your mates. And then are... going back. Does your missus just change the subject straight away? That's what Ab used to do. No, it's... I usually get off and I have like half an hour with like a bottle of wine and a bit of food and maybe like my mate Nick, maybe Cherry, maybe, but not like a lot of people. And then there's usually like a room where everyone hangs. Like tonight, mm. my, actually my room is becoming that tonight. So oh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll all have a drink with that tonight, but... Well, we were in here last night, to be honest, so quite late. But you don't want to be... But you don't want to be... Um, as you said, you don't want to be talking about it straight away, especially if you've had a bad gig or a bad game. You don't want to suddenly just be talking about it. But mm. yeah. Is there bad gigs? Gigs are such routine, especially like with the size of the shows. There's like certain points you have to hit to build a crowd up and be mm. like, okay, if we nail this and that's going to be like, if we nail this. And if one of them fucks up, it's kind of like dominoes. So oh. I'll get like, my show relies on this loop pedal. And if the pedal fucks up on song two, mm. song three, I'm like, oh, I hope it doesn't fuck up on this mm. song. And then it just like, it, it gets in your head. Or the first Wembley I walked out, started strumming and the microphone wasn't on. And I was like, no. But what do I do? And that's, that's the first song. First song of the first five, five, five Wembleys. The microphone shut off my um, ears, which are basically the, the monitors mm. so I can hear stuff. That shuts off. So I was like thinking on my feet and A-Team is... The, you know, the most well-known song of the first five songs. So I just take that and put that first and play 18 without any in-ear monitors because it's acoustic. And so that sort of works and you can yeah. kind of think on your feet. But then after that, you're like, well, what else is going to fuck up? And what, it's such a, the, the 72 tons of steel above me. Mm. And that like was coming down one day and just froze. And then suddenly like, you can't use the fireworks you're going to do on the last song. So it's, it's the, if some of the um, uh, routine bits don't work, 
it can get in your head and the yeah, gig yeah, ends yeah. up being actually quite bad. Um, or it can make the gig and make it amazing. That fella who uh, didn't turn your mic on, I bet he was gone pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> is he still here? Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, I, I worked with him for. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a. It wasn't a not turning the mic on. It was a. Um, uh, like everything's wireless, so yeah. it was a machine somewhere underneath the stage had, had shut off. Fair enough. But this is I, when I started the tour. I was like, look, lads, undoubtedly things are going to fuck up. Mm. There's the stage is. I mean, you look at the stage and you just go, oh, it's in in the round and, and blah blah blah. But the amount of work that goes into keeping like building that thing keeping it running having all the stuff underneath it like just having it in the middle where you can't have like generators out the back when it's when you have a stage at the end all the shit is behind the stage mm. you've got all the video people there and blah blah blah. Ha- having it in the middle and having nothing it creates a lot of difficulty for uh everyone working with it so things do go wrong so at the beginning of the tour i was like i understand if things go wrong on this leg of the tour but they can't go wrong on the next leg of the tour mm. so like work out all your things now and like if if the screens fuck up we work out why it fucks up we fix it and then it won't happen again and if the revolve fucks up we work out and all of these things are fucked up and all of them be fixed and they haven't happened again but if they do happen again that's when i will get angry because Mm. that will be there will be that will be a mistake but you sometimes find it in in music like i always try and put on my best show for people that have come to the gigs but when there's someone who you like love and respect mm. to turn up there's a bit of like a not peacocking but you're like mm. I'm gonna really I put it into the air who's, yeah. who's, who's been that for you who have you had at your gigs where you've gone actually I need to turn it on uh, I th- the first one I remember clearly would have been playing in Brooklyn and Jay-Z and Beyonce coming and getting it in my in-ear monitor just being like yeah Jay-Z and Beyonce just walked in and just being like <laughs> okay. would you rather have not known that no or, no because uh, it does bring out a certain there's a, like any, any artist will tell you that it brings out a certain thing, but yeah. But yeah. Do you know them? Would you class them as friends? Well, yeah, I did this. Yeah. I've done, I've done uh, Perfect with um, Beyonce and almost Take Me Back to London with Jay-Z and Stormzy. Mm. It was one of those ones yeah. where I was like, I had the song and I'd sent it to Jay-Z and he was, he actually emailed me back being like, do you not think Stormzy would go on this? And I was like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. And instead of doing the thing of it happens so much in music where everything's just send you an MP3 and then you send your vocals back and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I would love it to be a moment of all of us in the same room together. Um, so we just waited and then we were all playing the same festival in South Africa. So I just messaged Jay and was like, can we sort a studio out? I flew Fred out who'd produced the song and it was like a room full of just amazing people. And uh, yeah, the song didn't end up happening but what did happen was jay-z and stormzy met and shared this like incredible conversation that actually was ended up being the beginning of uh, stormzy's glastonbury set and i was uh, like from the camera i was sitting behind it just watching this thing happen so i think for me that was more important than the song happening so lads you've got to start with one point i absolutely love the bit about jay-z and beyonce coming to ed's gig and kind of firing him up if there was one person or a couple that come to one of you know come to Crouch Fest that could fire you up, Crouch, who would it be? I think if you equate it to like if I was playing football and I saw someone and like I always wanted to have my dad in the crowd, like number one, because like he would always get there for warm up 
um, and he'd always watch me warm up and he was like almost the only man in the ground but I'd always see him first and I'd, it always made me feel better to see him on the flip side of that I think you know the England manager um, you could always tell because the cameras on the pitch would always be pointing up at someone so you'd, you'd, you'd automatically just look up and they are whoa the England manager's here today and you think you know, that would put that that used to spur me on to yeah. I say you're not going to work any harder than you would normally but you definitely got an extra spring in your step. No, you know they're judging you. Do you ever give them a wave? <laughs> Bit parched. <laughs> Bit parched. <laughs> I love the idea of Sven, like... Peter! Bit parched, <laughs> isn't Peter. it? Like, just carry on and pretend it's not, it's not happening. Do you know what I've noticed Arsenal are really doing at the moment? I know a lot of players have done this, but they're really giving it some sort of crowds. Like, really... Yeah. Like, you know, doing the atmosphere, like arms, you know, almost scooping up the atmosphere and trying to get the crowd going. Is that parchy, do you think, to the crowd? Or is that just... Where, where do you stand? It's a bit parched, yeah. I always thought about it with Gattuso. They, like, but Gattuso at the San Siro, they'd all be going out for the warm-up, but like Nesta would let him go first and he'd run out like a lunatic and do that kind of whipping up of the crowd uh, before the game. And I used to think... That's not sure about that. Bit parchy, that like... You know in the film Gladiator where he goes out and he just slaughters all of them? Yeah. And then they're like, you've got to, you've got to do it a bit slower. You've got to give them all game. Like, that's yeah. what you're saying. You're there to focus on the game. Well, it's, it's entertainment, isn't it? Are you not entertained? <laughs> but with Gattuso, though, not only has he whipped the crowd up, he's also got into your head, Crouchy. Yeah, but he's got into my head. I, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, not having that. Turn around to the England manager. Are you not entertained? <laughs> you banged in three. <laughs> but really functional. Six-yard yeah, box, also, no celebration, <laughs> no whipping up the crowd. But this is where Turn I feel around. like Hollywood have got it wrong, you know what I mean? Like, why is it so quiet in that stadium for him to be able to shout, Are you not entertained? <laughs> like, if, I, if I do that, you know, at Arsenal, or if I do that at Old Trafford, that was just shut up, you silly bellend. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what links you and Ed in this chat. And that's what I find interesting is him talking about performing at Wembley mm. and, and your shared experience of that because it is two very different things. But what really comes across in that chat is how much he respects you. And also, I kind of feel that it, it's... you. I mean, you are both been quite parchy to each other, if I'm honest. Like, you are... Yeah, I'll get that. It is a bit parched. Yeah. But it's understandable. And it's just interesting, the crossover between... Music and football. Well, there is a massive crossover. Like you say, we've both sort of played at Wembley Stadium and like he does his thing and, and I do mine. And obviously Ed Sheeran is like is, is huge, you know, probably the, the Ronaldo or Messi at the minute, like, you know, with, with numbers. Uh, so there are, there are definitely similarities in, in his job and, and mine. One experience for Joel as well, getting Ed Sheeran to listen to his track. That must be up there. Yeah, like, I, you know, we played it to Prince William and I thought, that's amazing, you know. But like for Joel, he's actually a credible artist. You know, he's a good singer. He's a great songwriter. So for someone like Ed Sheeran to sort of critique his, the song he's done for Mike Dean as a special moment, and like I, I felt like tremendous pride, sort of playing it in front of Ed Sheeran and him critiquing it and saying he had a good voice. That must be a nice moment for yeah. him. Yeah, and I think that's my favourite thing about this podcast. Actually, is when people get involved. And we can use this as a platform to kind of push everyone who supports this podcast forward. It's an, it's an amazing thing that we can do. And we'd love to do this more and more. Like, this is all about you guys feeding into this podcast. And if we can help support you with something, whether it's a song or whatever, like, 
if it's right and we can do it, like we'd, we'd always love to do that. Yeah. And Joel's the epitome of that. And I feel like we're trying to bring him forward as a kind of podcast artist now. But wild hearing Ed Sheeran say what he would do with the chorus. I mean, like, I I, it'd be interesting to know what Joel would like to do with some of his songs. But we, yeah, that's true. we didn't give Joel that. Perhaps you reckon he'll change it? Uh, I think he might do. You know, Version 2. Potentially... You know, a, a song at Crouchfest. I don't know whether you know. Listen, he's an artist in his own right. Will he? Will he change it? It's the big question on everyone's lips. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. I'm loving this chat with Ed. So we've got the second part of this now. And it's been great that you've been able to talk about Crouch Fest and almost pass the pod in that way. And I believe it all gets a bit random in this second part. That's what you were saying, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, we were going into, we got into all sorts, really, but it was um, a lot about his songs, really. What England songs, a bit England at the, um, at the World Cup. Talked about Lou, has he ever had one? And Ipswich, he's heavily involved. I'm excited to hear this. Should we do it? Let's talk about England songs, right? World in Motion for me was the best of all time, I think. Be- better than Three Lions. I believe on, so. Like, man. You, you, like, I know, Three like, Lions, man. I love Three Lions. Three well, Lions is our national anthem. Three Lions is our national anthem. Yeah, but it, is. it also doesn't have a John Barnes rap. So that, <laughs> that is, that is the one thing of that song that people talk about. So really, you have to say the best part of any song is John Barnes' rap, which I would probably agree with, but like, Three lines no, one, no one talks. No one talks about uh, World in Motion or sings it the same way they sing Three Lines. But everyone True. knows John Barnes' rap. So John Barnes superior to all of that, and the rap superior. But the song, no, but nah, I think man, if you it's, all, listen, it's all about Three Lines. If you had to listen to one one of those songs for the rest of your life once a day, well, I mean, we listened to that pretty much every day of the summer last year, didn't we? I mean, really? listen, it's Three Lines. Is it? It's a it's an epic, an epic song. Have you never thought about doing a, 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 a world? Because you're involved, you know the lads. Do you, the thing with uh, football songs, it's kind of like Christmas songs. If you don't have anything to offer that is going to be different or better, like just don't do it. Like don't do it. Uh, I, I t- when I did the Christmas song with um, Elton, I was like, if we just throw the kitchen sink at this and make it really like really cheesy, go fully <sighs> yeah, in on the music video, in. get you know, like get all the references in the music video, then I think it's good. But if you try and do mm. do a Christmas song and just try and make it cool or, or on the subject of football songs that aren't football songs the thing I love about Sweet Caroline is um, like I never knew that that song was so relaxed because mm. every time you hear it it's <laughs> but, but actually when you listen it to it like it's just Sweet Caroline <laughs> it's a good point do, that isn't do, it do, but it's so we made it and when I first but, heard but, it I was like I was like oh is this like a live version that he does that's like a bit more relaxed but yeah no, we've made it the song. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it, that song goes really well with uh, a football game yeah I think football football songs just have the ability to be really cheesy as well like what was the one 
There's been some some shockers. Oh, some there's been, real more, there's been shockers. More, more more bad than good. I'll be quite honest. Yeah. That's why I don't really. I don't that nineties era. I don't know. It was well, a good because era from... do you know why? Because they wrote three lines is a song. Like it is a you play it on the guitar and it is a song. Mm. Whereas some of the songs that have been recently are like either like I remember. Do you remember the song from Paris to Berlin? And mm. they did from. Was it from England to Berlin and every time that... No, for, yeah, from Paris to Berlin and every time that England win, we're going to win the World Cup. Do you remember mm. that? But it no, was just like a play on another song and I yeah. feel like the... You need a proper the, song. Yeah, the Dizzy and James Corden one, that was a play on another song. Uh, Ant and Deck was a play on another song, mm. I think. But I think like you write... Three lines being an original written on guitar or piano or how however it's written. Like Sweet Caroline is also just a song. So I think yeah, that's the way that's, to... That's the way to go. Yeah, that works. But yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it has been discussed. We've discussed it lots, lot, lots of times. But also, like making who, who a song... asks you? Who asks you? Like the FA? Uh, no, or... I think there was a conversation. I think it, I think I've been asked to do the rugby one before. The cricket. I got, I've, been, I've definitely been asked to do a few. Ooh. But I think eventually, it's like a, it's like a Bond song. It's like you've got to eventually. As a as an English singer, like want to do a Bond song, have like you, I think you haven't done a Bond song, yet, have you? I was within a fucking gnat's pube of doing really? one, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the they changed directors, and then they just changed scripts, and that was really? it. But we done all the meetings. I started writing it, and it was. Is that on your radar then? That's something you'd like to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend it didn't hurt not mm. doing it. But yeah, I would if they came back, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Tell wow. me. <laughs> England's chances. We've got Crouchfest is uh, it's the nineteenth of November. I think it's two days before the World Cup kicks off, so we're gonna, we have a big party. I think the heat's going to fuck them. It's yeah. hot out there. It's like fifty fucking degrees. Mm. Um, There's always something, isn't there? That, but I guess if they're training there for like ages, but you like, how do you find playing in heat? Uh, no, I hated it. I hated it. It was. I remember playing in Houston once in a preseason friendly. And um, it was so dry and the hottest stuff. It was, you know, when you like, you walk out and it feels like you've just walked into a sauna or an yeah. oven or something. It was ridiculous. And everyone that every because we've, we've been traveling around Europe, every European person that I meet is like, England are going to do really well in the work. So I think I it's like, I think without without a doubt, definitely quarters. Mm. I hope. So. Like I would, I would love to see a final again. I would love to see a final again. Mm. Um, Did you go to the last one in uh, the Euros? uh, So I bought the Euro final ticket when it was announced and I was like, whoever plays, I'll go. So Mm. I bought it and then COVID happened and it was postponed. So I had my final ticket. And so when England were doing well, I was like, this is fucking cool. And then they were in the semi-final and the guy that owns my record company was like, I I got a box for the semi-final. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, great. Mm. And I went and I got covid no. And I missed the final. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know, but I gave, I gave my tickets to my best mate and his dad and then got two more for his sister and the, their boyfriend and they had the time of their life, even though it wasn't the yeah. result that, so I sort of feel like I got to see a semi, I went to a few games as well. Mm. I got to see a, a semi-final and blah, blah, blah. But I just found it ironic that the one game that I'd actually bought tickets to, mm. I didn't, I didn't, didn't go to. Yeah. I watched it in we in my in my pub actually. Me and my wife put on our England shirts. Got I was like, "What are you drinking in England shirts?" We got like forty Stellas and just, <laughs> just went, went for <laughs> That's it. pretty much what we do. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know your pub. What have you got in that? Have you got drafts? 
and like draft beers and things like that on the bottle. I do, yeah. I think actually the thing that you'll think's the coolest is uh, I bought two, um, like, you know, when you go into like the tube or trains, they have those touch screens. Yeah. And I was like watching the Premier League, but like whilst watching, having eye follow for Ipswich games. And I was like, I wish I could have you know, the Sky scoreboard and mm. know when people are scoring goals or whatever. So I got two of those screens no underneath the TV way. and they're touch screens and they just always have the um, league tables on, League One and, and Premier League. No way. So that's the... You'd, you'd like that. Mate, that's class. That's a good yeah. Saturday Because you kind of like... You'll watch a game and you'll be like, I wonder what happened in the other games and you just go, oh, just that. Have you ever had a, a low? Come down to the, the pub yeah. and we'll do it. Dave and uh, and Chris obviously would would love to meet you as well. And um, I think you'd outshine a him few anyway, louds you know. in your in your pub would. would well, I get. I've got. I basically I've got uh, Kingfisher, Stella, Guinness, oh, and the local. The local. Well, like, which listen, is... I'll bring. We've we've actually made the drink. Uh, cans of low are available. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll bring a. I'll bring I a always, down. I always thought when I was I was thinking about like what I should do that isn't music for fun and i thought like ginger beer or sun cream because you would buy sun cream if my face was on he'd be like, <laughs> he'd be like he definitely knows what he knows he's talking what... about <laughs> you would though, wouldn't that's you? a good one like if you're going to a hot country and you yeah. need a factor 70 he'd be like yeah. who do you reckon uses factor 70 yeah, yeah that's fair <laughs> but yeah i'll bring i'll bring a load of uh, loads down if you're others pub quiz maybe i'm in yeah my brother is the best pub quizzer, but he just can't do popular culture. So me and him are like, he can do all the, what's the capital of this? And like in 1827, who did this, 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 mm. but he wouldn't be able to tell you like who won Love Island last year. <laughs> well, that sounds perfect. Uh, Dave, Chris, we are uh, going to the pub. Well, I'm I also have, I, I got a giant uh, neon Ipswich sign made for my pub. It's Fucking huge, really? Yeah, like a neon. And when I, when I when I saw it, I was like, I bet even Ipswich don't have one of these, and that is just it's massive. Did you ever play Ipswich? Uh, do you know what? I, I don't think I've played against Ipswich, but I don't think I've ever been to Portman Road. I just I don't think I don't, I've played there. No, bizarrely. I really really hope it. I mean, it will do a lot for the town if we get yeah, promoted. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I just think if we got in the Premiership, it'd be fucking mad having like Man City. Coming to yeah, play at yeah, Portman yeah. Road, but that's the thing is that even now, like we see like teams that go up. It's it's it's. I love that uh, Nottingham Forest went up. That, yeah. that that was that was one that made me really chuffed. It's a proper and club. I feel like I feel like that's going to happen more now. I feel like the the, the big teams because I mean this is what like annoys me so much sometimes about my friends who are big fans of the, the big teams and they always see themselves as the underdog and I'm like you're owned by a billion like <laughs> shut up you you have all the same advantages that all the other teams have mm. you just have really really poor management and poor people running mm. it and you are not buying the right players but they're not under like no one out of that top league of like six teams they're not underdogs do you agree? It, no t- totally I think like the way obviously Man City are on a different different stratosphere with with financially but yeah but i feel like the other teams are as well they just don't use it like the the i'd say the people that own chelsea have the ability mm. to buy people like erling Haaland and well, they've, proved, like, they've yeah. proven it this year i mean they've, they've spent you know millions I, I i feel like also in the premier league like the reason i love ipswich is uh now we're actually winning it's so glorious because mm. every, you know i'd say nine out of ten games that I've been to, we'd probably lose. And now we're winning. Whereas, like, though the top, top, top teams, if they lose, it's like the end of the world. Yeah, like, yeah. we see it now with Liverpool and Klopp. 
crazy. Turn so quickly. Crazy. Well, I mean, you see it with like, yeah. I mean, managers just get kicked out with in an instant. Mm. You're just like, oh, fuck, they're gone. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No chance. But you know what? When do that... you think Gerard's going to end up being Liverpool manager? Um, or oh. do you think he's got like 10 more years of... No, I don't think 10 more years. I think, you know, I think he's got a... He's got to do his apprenticeship, if you like. I think he's, you know, he's, Klopp's got that job for as long as he wants it. And then as soon as he leaves, I think Stevie needs to just be in the right position, like doing well, sort of, so his stock's high. And then, you know, it'd be, it'd be a no-brainer, I imagine. Was he alpha of the dressing room then? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. mean, the local lads as well are like, what a player, you know, so... For me, I, I found myself trying to impress Stevie more than I was man, the manager, <laughs> which honestly, which is a mad way of looking at it. But that's that's how it was. It's funny what you say about all the um, sort of Italian and Spanish players that come over and they're just like, "What is this food?" Because whenever, <laughs> whenever Americans come to London, I'm always like encouraging them to like not just go to the standard places they would go to that exist in like New New York and all like. Cardi B refuses to eat in England now. Really? Okay, I, I sent her to a chicken place, but the thing is she got takeaway rather than eating there and she's just right. like, English food's so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. A lot of the foreign players don't think our food is atrocious. If you think about it though, like, I mean, I love our food, but if you think about it in terms of like pie mash, <laughs> you know, sausage mash. I was going around today, we've been in we've been in Munich for a week and now we've been in Switzerland for a week and then we go to um, Frankfurt next week. And I'm trying to eat local as much as possible and it's literally, you go in and they're like, I'm like, what, what do you have? They're like, well, we, we have pork shoulder, pork belly, uh, pork knuckle and, uh, and I'm like, do you have any anything else? They're like, yeah, yeah we have sausage. And I'm like, okay, okay. okay. And then we have uh, baked potato, fried potato, boiled potato and uh, roshti, which is basically like boiled potato and fried potato and beer. <laughs> but there's lots of different types of beer. We've got 25 cent a litre beer, 50 cent a litre beer and a litre beer or a bottle beer. <laughs> I feel fucking grim at the moment. Like every, every day is just <laughs> the same beer. Me- no, I, because I want to, because I'm here. I don't want to go to... I don't want to eat like a bolognese in mm. Zurich, you know. I want to. I want to eat local food, but also it's fucking heavy. Yeah, but how much do you see it? Like, I remember when we playing sort of it, with England, or we were playing away in Europe, and or we'd never really see. But that's city. because you're on your own with the lads, and that that was me on the last tour. Is you? I wake up, you're fucked from the gig. You're probably gonna have a few too mm. many beers anyway, so you're just gonna lie in put TV on, Netflix or whatever, maybe go out in the evening, have a nice meal. But having kids on tour, like, revolutionises it to a point that, like, it's unfair to keep a kid in a hotel room beyond 9am. Mm. So you're up, and then you're like, you have breakfast, you get ready, and then you're like, right, we're out. And we've been to so many zoos on this tour. Yeah. We've been, we went to Zurich Botanical Gardens today. It's just, like, things to get them out that's it. they're interesting, that will knacker them to give them time to nap, basically. And that's, it's good because it's, it's such an excuse to th- see things in a city. What is Ed Sheeran, the footballer, like? What position <laughs> would you play? Uh, man, I don't know. I'm kind of like a bit of a headless chicken. I'll just run up and down. Yeah. I, I play football for fitness and fun. Like, yeah. I, So I'll go and all I want to do is really like have a kick around, but have a big run. Yeah, you know, yeah. And come off it and be like, okay, that was good. Yeah. But, but me, my my wife for her birthday every year does a, a football. We have a football pitch at our house. She does a football tournament because she was in the year below me at school, and I was in the year above. And we sort of have a superiority thing of like year below, year above, and it's all of her mates versus all, all of ours. We we won the first one. She won this year. Just really, just Ten yeah. Scales, just. Oh, it's people like lo- locals. You. It's all of our friends. schoolmates. Yeah, yeah all of our, I mean, because we because we 
were in the same friendship group. There was no like, oh, you have to meet my new friends or you meet... We just mm. like sort of started dating and all of our friends were still our friends. It was, it was actually very convenient. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're still good pals with all your pals from school and... They're pretty much my... They're yeah, my pals. Yeah, they're yeah. my pals. And everyone's sort of slowly... I moved back to the area in 2012 mm. and people are slowly moving back now. So it started sort of becoming the community it was when we were 15 again. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. So if I wow. go out, the people working in the pub... I went to school with the people who work in the supermarket. I went to school with, like, it's great fun hanging out with celebrities mm. and it's great fun going to, like, random dinners or award shows and stuff. But I would much rather be at home putting time into the people I see every day. Like, mm. every now and then, me and Cherry will be like, right, let's go to London and have dinner with this person. But it's not like an every night thing. Mm. You know, we see you maybe four times a year yeah. and it's all, and it's always a great night. But mm. you've got your kids, you've got your friends, we've got our kids, we've got our friends. And I think that's more... Otherwise, it's just this vacuous thing of just like, I can imagine living in Los Angeles, being out for dinner every night mm. with like this person and this person. It's not and this real, per- is it? Yeah, well, you'd never form proper relationships. You just go, oh, I had a cool dinner once with like, I went for sushi once with the, the Edge from mm. U2. And I remember that was a great night. I'm mm. like, that's a great memory. But again, he's got his own friends and family that he's mm. going to put his time. So yeah, you'd never form true. Yeah. relationships like like you would with your first day one mm. mates and your wife and blah 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 yeah because i just think for you it's just it's just gone so global now like you must get recognized absolutely everywhere it must be difficult for you i mean listen i'll get i get recognized but i think if you globally... but no you're mate you're like we're both the same i think well, i think you you will stick out from any crowd and i'll yeah, stick so... out from, from... <laughs> I think we both do, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, to- totally. You but know, it's like, I think it's like real, quite recognisable, you know, my height, obviously, you know. And I think the, the the difficulties that you'll face as well, as well as doing the, the podcast, is you're known as a really nice bloke who's friendly. Mm. So, like, at any point of the day, even if you're having the worst day of, and your kids are screaming at you, <laughs> yeah. and Abby's pissed off at you, yeah. and someone goes, hey, man, uh, you have to be like, yeah, cool, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's having a great day. How are you? You know, because because you are Peter Crouch, the lovely man who has the podcast that everyone listens to and, um, and blah, blah, blah. So it's less of like, sometimes celebrities, there's this like veil of like mystique. And, mm. you know, sometimes you would see them out. Like I remember being at a restaurant and seeing like Madonna there. And it's like, oh, it's mm. you know, like there's like a mystique. Whereas if I was at a restaurant and I saw like, Jamie Redknapp. Mm. I'd be like, I'm gonna go. I, I do know Jamie, but mm. there's the you see him on TV and he's he's friendly, and you would just go over to him and mm. say hi. You know, that's it. I, I mean, that's that's what I get. But I think that's comes with you as well. I think it must totally, be like yeah. the same as totally, you. But so. it's, I don't go out a hell of a lot, and we live in our um, the town that we grew up in, where we know everyone. Is that something that you you like or? Like, would you like to be able to go out a bit more and not... Yeah, really? well, I mean, it's kind of been norm- It's been normality for me for about 13 years of not being able to do that. Do, you know, to a point where, like, you, you know, I wasn't as famous as I was 13 years ago as I am now, but it's... I was still, like, go places and people mm. would, you know, photos or whatever. So it has been sort of nor- normality and I'm fine with it because if i go out it's my personal choice that i've accepted that that's going to happen for the evening so Mm -hmm. if i sometimes i'll go like out out with my friends and in my head like i'm going to ibiza to shoot a music video next week and in my head i'm like 
I'm just going to go have fun and whoever wants a picture can have a picture and that's not going to like affect anything because I'm just going to be with the... And I'll know that people will be filming me taking shots and if I throw up, I throw up. You know, like and it's just that, and that, that's just going to be that. But it's when you go to something and you have a different idea of it in your mind where, you know, like I go to the park with my daughter and all I want, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I just want to like push her on a swing. That's all I want to do. And then you have, like I was at the park the other day, man, and she, like my daughter had had this like, it was late. She'd had a tantrum. I'd left my keys in the house. I was locked out of the house. I was like, fuck it. I'll take her to the park. I bought some pasta on the way. And I was just sitting down with her, just me and her. And I was feeding her pasta. And there were all these parents there, like kind of looking. And I'm, uh, one of them came up and was like, sorry, can we have a photo? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to be a dad. I'm just trying to feed, feed my daughter. And this 10 year old kid comes up on a bike. He goes, Oh, are you at Sharon? And I went, bro, like, come on. Like, I'm clearly like feeding my two year old daughter. Please. I'm like, man, it's really nice to meet you, man. But please just like, my daughter's like, she needs to have a sleep and she needs to have food and blah, blah, blah. Just please let me feed her, but it's really nice to meet you. And he just rides around the bike on his uh, park on his bike, screaming out, Ed Sheeran's over there. Oh, that's the one. And I'm there just like, I'm like, and, and now that's like unsafe for my daughter yeah, as well. And it's just like, I find it the being a parent uh, and like my time of going to the park to push my daughter on the swing used to be like 7 p.m when it was dark and no one was there. And I remember just being like, this is fucking depressing. So I just started going in the day and not really giving a fuck what, what happened and asking people not to film. But it's a, it's a really weird... Um, people don't really see, unless you snap them out of the reality of it, they don't really see you as a parent. They just see you as the... F- and then when you say, I'm actually just trying to be a dad today, they go, oh, of course. And when you say, please don't film my kids, they go... Oh yeah, of course. Like I wouldn't want you filming my kids. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's kind of they there's you you have to just sort of snap people back into reality a little bit. And I'm trying I'm really really trying to be a normal dad. I don't want my daughter to just grow up in this like abnormal world where all she does is hang out with famous people mm. and go to like really expensive private schools and just hang out with really rich but I don't want that. Like I, that's not not how I grew up and I don't want her to grow up like that. But at the same time like there's a sort of societal push in that direction and i'm really really trying not to do it like i don't want to go to like exclusive parks that mm. only fucking billionaires go. i want to just go to the local park and push her and she mm. plays with all the local kids you know do you know any other sort of musicians pop stars that play football ollie Mers, he's yeah, a good play, footballer he's good yeah he's a good footballer him. uh the lads from rizzle kicks are really good um yeah who else? We had Rudimental on tour with us for like a year and used to do like a regular game with them and they were all really good. Kezi, Kezi from Rudimental was like top. Um, who else? Tom Grennan, I think, is good, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else have I bad. played with? Serge is good. Kasabian. Who else? I never would do any of those games though because I feel like the, um, the aim of the game would be to break my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I've been named number 17 of the Ipswich squad as a like thank you for sponsoring it and like they've been you know like my mates like oh if they if they get promoted like way before the season ends would you do a game and I'm like not really because if you're playing Fleetwood Mm. the first there's going to be someone on the pitch on Fleetwood being like I'm breaking Ed Sheeran's (laughs) legs (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You've got a target on your back, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like like Chris Stark from being on the podcast, talks about his five-side games, and uh, he's now a real target. Without the gym pads. Because, yeah, he's he's showing me bruises, and I feel bad now. It is a, mate, it's a a very, like, friendly, unfriendly sport, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're playing, I think there will be people out there that 
will want to either, you know, embarrass you, nutmeg you, or foul you. Um, yeah, that's I'm, unfortunately I, just how people... I'm perfectly happy not to. I'm just like all sport. All sport. I, do, I, I played a, a a charity cricket game the other day, like played, played it, and they asked me to do that as well. But I'm just not like sport. Just I love doing it. In, I don't want people watching me do yeah, it. Yeah, I love yeah, doing yeah. it in, for fun with my, my mates. Yeah. But yeah, I was never that good at school. And mm. I think the thing is, it takes you back to school where you're not the cool kid because you're not good at sport. And I, you know, I've worked so hard to be the cool kid, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing very well. Thank you. Um, right, listen, Ed, you've got a, a big show to do, so I'll let you go. Thank but you. But I really appreciate you doing nice this, thing, mate. man. I really? love it. all got quite deep in places didn't it yeah it did you know like it was really open and you know i a couple of times obviously had a big gig to prepare for so i, I was conscious of not taking up his time <laughs> or bringing um, the mood down uh, yeah a little bit yeah let's move this on eh <laughs> no i think i think it's a really good chat because you hear stuff from him there where he's just talking to a mate yeah i think that's what we do on the pod like whenever whenever we welcome someone in they they always want to stay and hang around and have a beer and just chat, don't they? It's not like, it doesn't feel like they're being interviewed. No, I, I know what you mean. I mean, ideal situation, we'd have him in in the pub as normal, right? Mm. But he's a busy guy and he's doing yeah. a world tour. But as you say, like, we could end up in his pub at some point. On that tour, fun. I didn't realise quite how big it was, you know? Really? Like, like, you know, there's such a huge production behind one man on stage. Um, quite incredible. I found that, I found that amazing. You managed to... Um, as always, just going on me on the shin pad thing as well, which was yeah. nice. He was flabbergasted. Yeah, well, I mean, normally when I meet him uh, in sort of radio situations, I'm not wearing the shin oh, pads you know. enough crouchy. <laughs> oh, you, well, you never know. It's fucking killed me, that has, by the way. Yeah. Wherever I go, where's your shin pads? You know, How's barbecue getting on? I'm really, I don't know whether I should just ignore it yeah, and yeah. hope it goes away, but I don't think it is. Also, I've just started a new job, right? The text screen, I'm just getting barbecue <laughs> right, and uh, so I'm having to explain that it's not that they are calling me a. <laughs> it's that uh, from the podcast, and they clearly listen. Like, I, yeah, it's really funny, but like the other side of it, people are tweeting it, but then Twitter is then banning them oh, because saw this, saw that, that got a two day ban. <laughs> so people, maybe it is. Maybe we we're inciting hate. Maybe we don't want you losing social media accounts um, just to reach out and call me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you want to call me that, best way to do it is, do, I'm not just saying it for my benefit, but do it in code. A BBQC would would, would be fine, I think. And, you know, Elon's took it over now, hasn't he? So we'll have a word with him. Just say, if there's any BBQCs, let it, let it slide, <laughs> let it slide. Please. Wouldn't it be great if Elon Musk comes on this podcast and the only thing we achieve from it is to allow people to call me a barbecue <laughs> If you want to watch the full interview with Ed in his dressing room, it's available exclusively on our website. So head over to thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. We stop messing about, Chris. We need to talk about your journey with Peloton. You're becoming the best version of yourself thanks to their world-class instructors and equipment. How's it been going this week? It's been going well, yeah. I've been trying to enjoy a slightly lean diet. I eat a lot of chicken at the moment to try and help my training. Fries, we, just, we just mentioned that we've got the entire chicken platter in front of you, in front of us at the moment. I'm allowed. But he's being about, the best version of himself. It's about balance, Crouchy. Life's about balance. You have to find the right balance. I said this to Peloton Ben, is like, I'm not setting out here with unrealistic ambitions. What I want to do is kind of supplement 
my lifestyle. I still want to be the fittest I'll ever be, but within the context of a normal life. I think we can all agree the results are outstanding so far. Absolutely. impeccable. Have you ever seen me look that good? Never. So, Chris, what have you actually been up to this week? Well, I did a low-impact cycle ride with Sam Yo, uh, which was actually quite challenging, actually, for me. I say low-impact. What it was was I was feeling really tired because, as as you know, like I've started a new job. It's early starts. It's Capital Breakfast Show. So I'm getting up at four. So what I'm struggling with a bit now is when I started this Peloton journey... I I could make time a bit, bit easier. But obviously, and anyone who listens to this that's starting work very, very early, you get into the day and you're crashing a little bit. So you have to try and motivate yourself. Mm. So I thought I'd st- do a couple of low-impact cycle rides because that will just keep me in the flow of it. You know, it's better to do some than do nothing. Actually, it was, it was great. Mm. My, my only issue, Chris, is that, you know, these buzzwords keep coming up, like low-impact, walk, recover... I just want to know, sort of like, when you're going to sort of start. No, I have, I have started. I my journey has begun, you know, and everyone's been following it in great detail over the last mm. few podcasts. What I particularly like about Sam Yo is, even though I know you're taking the piss because it's his low impact, it, I was finding it quite challenging. I think because I'm a bit knackered, and Sam had this very calming presence. And energy, I think is the phrase, but got me to do a personal best. Little PB. Is that because you're getting loads of virtual high fives on at Pancake Starkey on Peloton? Do you know, loads of people have started following me on that and I'm not sure if that's for the best because then they can see when I do various workouts. But what I I do like about this, jokes aside, is that it all feels, does all feel very supportive. So when you're doing the cycle rides... People or, or anything on Peloton for that matter, people can give you little high fives as you go. So you get that, and it is a nice little boost because it's like, mm. it is kind of weird because it's almost someone going, I'm watching you. But I like to think more it's just someone encouraging you. And there's loads of people. I've had loads of messages from people who listen to this that are already on Peloton and um, or have signed up and kind of want to interact a bit. And that's cool. It's funny because I see my sister like going, you know, she's up early doors before work like every day and you, you get, you find out about it, don't you? Like, it's almost like no place to hide. It's like when the, when the GPS units came in in the football, it was like, you can't, yeah. you can't hide anymore. Yeah. I mean, my leaderboard name on there, if you want to use it, is um, Pancake Starkey. I would like to say everyone that's been quite supportive on this sort of journey of fitness that I've been doing, I do appreciate it because if I'm honest, I get easily swayed and I fall into very lazy patterns very easily. And there are a lot of people who do fitness and enjoy the podcast whilst doing fitness. So I would like to say for for all, come on, I'm not an elite sportsman, but I'm giving this a go. Everyone that has been encouraging of me starting to use the Peloton bike or the Peloton tread, I do appreciate it because uh, I do need that kick up the arse, you know, and I I respond well to that. Mm. And although the instructors are kind of assertive, they are very nice and it's all very calming. They've got this calming presence. I do enjoy that people are messaging me to try and encourage me to step it up a bit. I'd like to just touch on that as well. I'd like to encourage you to break into a jog in the next one. (laughs) Yeah, you want me to go a bit, bit further on that? I think we're doing it in the wrong environment, Crouchy. We haven't got any beanbags here. I got this message from Jack on Twitter because, you know, we were talking about music to do fitness to or to cycle to or do Peloton Tread and, and all that. 
And he said, further to Can You Feel the Love Tonight, there's nothing better than finishing uh, an Alpay ascent. Is that what you'd call it? An Alpine ascent. Uh, yeah. By timing Ness and Dorma, so it peaks just as you cross the line. Oh, that, that would be good. That moment of glory. You know? That is good. I don't know if that'd get me going, you know. He then did a follow-up tweet. He said, equally, a real anti-climax if you time it wrong. Yeah. You're right. If, if Ness and Dorma's going full, you know, peak, and you're not in that rhythm, it's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah. You want to finish on that crescendo. But it's tough in all walks of life, that. Isn't it, isn't it just? So, as you know, when we get to the end of the series on this podcast, we always want to do something special, and that's taken a number of different forms this series, we're going bigger than we ever have. Crouchfest, Crouchfest 2, the, the follow-up to the epic Crouchfest that we put on at the O2, Indigo 2, is happening at Wembley Arena. If you want tickets, you can get them on our website, thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. One month to go, so get them whilst you can. Next episode is going to be a great one. It follows on from the discussion we had about the mentality you had growing up in order to become a professional footballer. Yeah, we got loads of questions. We won't be able to uh, ask them all, but the best ones will be answered by me on the next episode of the pod. Uh, if you want to ask us anything or submit any ideas for the pod or for Crouchfest, we're open to ideas for that as well. Head to the website, which is thatpetercrouchpodcast.com. Chumbawamba, everyone. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to loadofpricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Loadofpricks, loadofpricks.net.